0: You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, welcome back to the Fair Game podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Robert Smith. I'm your host. we got a great show for you today. Today's guest joins us from his home in Florida. And his show is a feel-good musical attraction that is, quite frankly, a staple of Florida fairs. He's here to tell you a bit more about that. And we're going to talk about how 2020 has impacted him. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Dennis Lee. Dennis, welcome to the show.
1: Man, it's good to be with you, Robert Smith. I o-
0: My friend, I always admire how you can, we were talking pre-show and just kind of having a casual conversation, how you can just snap your fingers and flip the energy on that quickly. I think yeah. it's one of your trademarks is your energy. So tell, I us appreciate a, that. tell us a bit about the energy you bring to your show, what your show is, and uh uh, you know, kind of what it does for the folks at the fair.
1: Well, Robert, first of all, thank you for getting me up this early, eleven in the morning. My goodness, man, I'm re- I'm just going to bed usually at that time. Oh, that's performance like, talk right there. I'm a partying animal, that's for sure. But about my show, you know, as you know, it's a it's a music comedy show. Uh, I sing. Uh, actually, singing is the prop for my show. Uh, the comedy is no it's the other way around comedy is the prop i sing and use comedy as a prop in the show and have a great time with my audiences a lot of uh you know close proximity to people of course with what's going on right now i have to stay away just a little bit yeah you gotta keep
0: it you gotta i can't imagine a dennis lee show where dennis lee actually has to stay on the stage
1: Well, you know, I've been I've I've performed in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, in July for uh, five days, and uh, then in uh, Gatlinburg again. Those are two major events where I've performed uh, during this whole pandemic, and I've had to, you know, curtail getting into the audience and doing close proximity stuff. But uh, and it's worked. If I you just find that that rhythm of proximity to people, whether it's forty feet away or Three feet away, six feet. I mean, six feet, six feet away six with feet. a mask. On. Yes, because yeah. six
0: feet is this magic number the, that that virus,
1: six the feet,
0: coronavirus. Or... If you're at six and a
1: half feet, it just gives up. Yeah, man. But uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a family-oriented show with a variety of music out of Memphis, Tennessee, where I was raised and uh, influenced by so many different uh, artists, from Elvis to. Jerry Lee, Great Balls of Fire. A lot of good times, though, with a great band that backs me. And it's hopefully the package of making people happy and entertaining them at the same time. So on a,
0: on a pre-COVID year, before all this happened in 2020, how many shows do you typically
1: perform annually? Uh, I would say between 350, 400 shows a year, um, you know, from January 1 uh, to the end of the year. <laughs> and uh so man it's uh everyone's taking
0: a hit of course right but, and how how many of you ended up being able to do this year i mean you're going 350 to 400 the magic number for this year was this year is 43 wow
1: 43. that is a,
0: that's a big punch in the gut
1: man it sure is it sure is and uh but man just hopeful that things will open up here in, in a little while and yeah. uh, we'll all be back on that Perennial stage making people happy big time.
0: Agreed. So, how does your show typically work? Are you bringing in your own sound and lights and stage, or the, the, is the fair putting you on a stage? How
1: does that work? Well, it depends on the event and the production, uh, of what a fair might need or an event, a festival. But uh, usually, fairs provide production with sound and lights you don't have to worry too much about that but ever so often you may do a small county fair and they'll have a smaller stage a free stage and they'll they'll want you to bring your sound and lights. so you make that cost effective Robert you make sure you get the big money at that time that's when you <laughs> that's when you get them for all they're worth Oh um, my goodness! <laughs> no, man, it's 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 uh it's one of those cost-effective measures. If you're booked and they need sound, you put a little on top to to pay for the uh, rental of the equipment. Sometimes you rent the equipment to bring it in, or uh, I have uh, plenty of equipment to uh, cover any type stage I go on.
0: Yeah, but you obviously, I mean, that adds value to the fair. I know over the years yeah. that you know another big staple down in Florida fairs is uh, Ron Diamond magician right. and hypnotist and you know he That'd started doing strong. magic he he segued into hypnotism does a little combo both now and then yes i don't know what probably six or so six seven years ago he started bringing in his own production right. added real value for fairs because then not only could he control his environment for his show completely the way he wanted it he right. could tell a fair, oh if you want to put the juggler on if you want to put dennis lee on this stage if you want to he'll cover all of it
1: so that's you know, I think that's, that's exactly gonna- right. And uh, we've worked with Ron at the Sarasota County Fair many times and uh, uh, different events where he has production, he has great production. So yeah, it's all he really a joy does to work with him.
0: He really does. And I think, um, you know, I'd had this question set for a little later, but I might as well ask it now. <clears throat> so many fairs, you know, I think are in a position now where there's a lot of uncertainty, budgets are really unknown. And then when I talk to performers, there's a feeling that we, well, you know, if we can just get through this over the winter, maybe by early to mid spring, everything will just go back to normal. But even if we open and can have fairs in the traditional fashion, you know, there's the real risk that the fair that, you know, had a hundred thousand dollar entertainment budget might only have a $40,000 entertainment budget. Now, do you think performers are in a place where just our standard attractions are probably not going to cut it anymore and we need to be finding ways to provide more value to the fairs?
1: Yeah, I think, I think so. I think during the, uh, these crazy times, uh, that's the case, but overall, I think that's a, that's a good uh, route to take anyway, to add value to your show, whatever that is, whether you bring in production or you offer a, uh, uh, some, something else in your show, uh, whether you give, uh, a free show or something like that, uh, to the fair where before you might, you know, be paid for doing, uh, that, or if you're doing three shows say, Hey, you know, I'm gonna come in and do four shows for you this year or whatever, and whatever you need to do to make them, uh, have a, a better, you know, quality, number one, but help them at, at the uh, in the same respect to and understand that, you know, they've taken a hit financially. And what can you do to help them? Because it's a win win for both of you in some, well, some area.
0: Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and I think we're going to be looking at gut feeling. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, assuming we get this under control in the next, you know, six months or so. My gut feeling is we could be looking at some budget disruptions for the next 18 to 36 months, just because it's going to take a lot of time for state budgets and things like that
1: and and fares to catch up. And just people wanting to come back in 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 droves like they have before, because uh, the revenue of just the patron coming in, I guess, is going to be hit, taking a hit.
0: Oh, sure. If your attendance is down because people are still spooking, even if we're clear by springtime you know, if you, if your attendance at a fair is down 30%, I mean, that's a, that's a big crunch on your budget.
1: There is, And that means Dennis Lee doesn't make the big money. Like always, man, I have to go down 30%. Forget the college fund for my kids (laughs) somewhere else. You're definitely laying
0: it on thick there, Dennis. (laughs) So looking, looking back at, you know, early, earlier this year, I, I always kind of feel like January to February, we heard this thing was coming on shore from China. We weren't really sure how bad it was going to be. Of course, the president was downplaying it, which I know he's been criticized for. Personally, I think a a leader should. I think if Hillary was president, she should have downplayed it a little bit because you don't want to cause mass panic. You know, I don't think if a president, regardless of who it is, stands up and says, by the way, a quarter million of you are going to die, that that's a real good approach to take. I think you need to um, kind of help people stay calm. But looking back at that, I think somewhere around March is when we all figured out that this thing was a bit more serious. March 11th was the date that I've kind of pinpointed. That was the date World Health said, yep, this is a global pandemic officially. But for us in the industry, it was the date the Houston Livestock Show canceled. That's a massive show. I mean, that is hundreds of millions of dollars in financial impact for the Houston community. Do you remember where you were and, and what you were thinking when that one fell and as the other you took dominoes? the words
1: right out of my mouth, man. I know exactly <laughs> where I was. March 11th for you, me it was March 13th. We were setting up at the Sarasota County Fair and guess, we were working with Ron Diamond, his production team and everything. And we had we had heard that, you know, there's a possibility that the fair might be closed cuz we had just wrapped up at the Strawberry Festival March 8th. And really, it, it wasn't filtering through our audiences of uh, the news that is, and so everything was pretty much normal at that time. So we finished our show March eighth. We go to Sarasota, and we started hearing the rumblings about, "Hey, man, this thing's this thing's uh, worldwide." And we we're like, "Well, well, maybe we can get through the fair." And so we were just on edge, thinking, uh, "Man, I don't know." So we go on stage and do a sound check. So. We finished the sound check. We go back in the dressing room and we're feeling good. The band members were like, all right, we're gonna get 10 days in. Everybody's gonna have groceries for you know two weeks. We're gonna get to pay our rent and our mortgages and things. And we're gonna have a great time entertaining people like we always do there. All of a sudden a sheriff's deputy knocks on the dressing room door. Mr. Lee, I go, hello, who is it? This is Deputy Johnson. I go, dang it, man! They're always knocking on our door. Uh, well, yeah, because you're you- making it a funny thing, because that's what you do. That's exactly what I do. But 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 this was serious. Reality, in reality, he said, "Hey, Mr. Lee, the the fair is going to be closing. We just we're telling you right now that uh, we're about to make an announcement, and all the concessionaires were set up, ready to go. Yep, several fairs down in Florida." and we were devastated. It was, it was like somebody had taken a sledgehammer and hit us. And um, so there you go. March 13th, 2020, a day that will live in infamy.
0: Yep. That's the day we got uh, over here. We got the email from Australia because, you know, we were getting ready to take control to the Sydney Royal Easter 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 show. Show. And that was the date Linnell sent the email and said, you know, Hey, this is the decision the board's made. And you know, I think part of it was the, it was the board that made their decision. But I think in talking to her, um, I think they knew that everybody was, the government was coming down, their provincial government or federal government was going to shut them down anyway. So
1: it was devastating, wasn't it? (coughs) I mean, goodness gracious, we can look at each other through the, the airwaves right here. And I could see the disappointment on your face. And I was trying to keep, keep a, uh, a smile on my face when it happened but uh, of course we had four fairs in a row after that cancel and uh, I mean gosh the trickle down effect of what that does to to you and your in- income I mean yeah hey, and I was gonna say I mean, you, you know
0: performing, but your it's your income too absolutely I mean we're we're all pretty much independent contractors and then the government comes in and says you're out of business you're shut down so what do you do at that point on your end i mean just like anybody else you got
1: bills to pay what are your options at that point uh man uh, you know i've been in the fair industry and performing for uh 40 years and i've been a performer where i didn't do anything else for 43 years so i really didn't know what to think it was a it it was truly the twilight zone for me (laughs) i mean i was like well I'm not going to pay my taxes here for the next three months because that would have taken everything I had. So the IRS was calling me going, Hey man, we're seeing this money in our coffers here. I said, Did you
0: tell them I'm used to seeing money in my coffers too?
1: I I said, well, listen, you're going to have to give me a break because if not, I mean, I, I didn't have any choices, man. I had to, to keep that money on reserve, yep. uh, the funds on reserve to, to get through it. And I tried my best to get you know some relief somewhere. The the, the pandemic check, uh, what was that thing called? The uh, stimulus check? Yeah, I got that, that. I bought groceries for two weeks. And yeah, uh, it doesn't
0: go $1200 doesn't go real no. far.
1: It's amazing to me. Hey, as to rich Congress. as we are, that's a drop in the bucket, man. It's amazing
0: to hear Congress <laughs> arguing over is it 1200, is it 2000, is it 600, yeah. is it and I'm like, yeah. Y'all realize $1200 doesn't even cover,
1: you know, rent for most people anymore. This is right. 2020. Was devastating. I actually sold stuff. I I went on eBay and sold some stuff and it got me through. Uh, I sold my daughter, my son. And <laughs> I just got him back. You know,
0: I did. I did too. You see, if you're anybody's watching this on the video, this, Nate, where's Nate? Nate, uh, <laughs> Nate, who's Nate? This collection, oh, of, this collection of baseballs behind me. I used to have four full cases of those. That's thirty in each case. Mm-hmm. And I sold off a couple of the cases, and I sold off like I said it would have been 100. and I think I had 110 souvenir baseballs that I'd collected Holy over the years. Most, and Robert, I sold no, off like 70 amazing. of them. And hey. mean, like I. I had to eat, man. I had bills. I had a yeah. truck payment I had
1: to make. And, well, hey, man, I sold my Pete Rose memorabilia. I had a wow. I all that sold and uh, I mean, uh, autographed by him. I met him in Las Vegas at one of his uh, autograph signing sessions and also his jersey with the amount of hits that he had, the Hit oh, King. Wow. I got, you know, that kept me going for two days. Yeah. <laughs> two months. No, yeah. I mean, was, we, we've it, all had I to, get- hated to do it. I we've, all, to do that. we've
0: all had to get real creative. And, uh, you know, I feel like this is we always kept hearing the, the phrase, this is unprecedented times and it, almost to the point where it is annoying. You know, sure. I was talking with Angel Moore from the Alameda County Fair yesterday and she was saying how, you know, they kind of are getting tired of hearing the phrase social distancing. So they're saying, be physically separated from each other. (laughs) They're just trying to change it up a little bit.
1: We're divorced
0: for a while. Right. And I I think there is some truth that we've never seen anything like this. Now, I only got into the fair industry uh, officially in 2009 when I went to my first IAFE. I've been doing some fairs since about 2004.
1: I've seen you grow in a very positive way, Thank
0: you. Thanks for that. Um, I appreciate that. But you... You've got 40 years experience entertaining. Is there any point in your career you've en- ever seen anything close to this?
1: That- the only thing that would uh, be close, and it, it, it's tragic <laughs> as it was on 9-11, uh, you know, what happened then, it, it stymied us for at least, uh, you know, two to three weeks. I mean, I was in um, uh, Ohio. uh finishing up a show and had to fly out of BWI, Baltimore, Washington airport, which was the epicenter of everything that was going on, so to speak. Yep. And I remember getting home and uh, I had a contract for an event in Ohio after that to get back to, and we had driven home. And I remember that uh, the airports were closed, of course, and everything was shut down security wise across the country. But two weeks later, you know, we were able to get back up there and not even two weeks, it was about a week. And so they delayed the fair opening. And uh, it was kind of crazy because the, the the executive who ran the county fair where I was, he said, you know, I looked at your contract and on the back of it, it says force majeure epidemic and acts of war against our country. He said, I had never paid attention to that part of your contract until this week. And I said, does that mean I'm gonna get paid for the days I missed? He goes, yeah. And, and, and I, I remember thinking, I got in touch with the lawyer who put that contract together. I said, thank you for putting that in there. But who's to say and who's to know uh, what's going to go on and happen like it has here in the last few months? It's, it's just been devastating. But that's the only thing I can, I can uh, uh, go back to would be 9-11 and a lot, of, a lot of entertainers. I mean, the whole industry, everything was closed down in our country. Right. But it certainly wasn't this yeah. long.
0: Yeah, no, I remember the feeling around 9-11. I was, that was my last semester of, uh, of college. I was graduating that December. And, of course, back then, you know, I was doing, like, kids' birthday parties and little magic shows to kind of help work my way through college, pay for books, things like that, and some corporate shows here and there. And I remember this general vibe within the uh, – especially among comedians, that was this feeling of almost like survivor's guilt – and and asking of when is it okay to laugh again and it's somewhere oh true you know i think one of the things that kind of opened it up at least if you're a sports fan um you know what a week or 10 or 12 days later the first professional sporting event um in america was at shea stadium was in queens with with new york with the mets playing the braves and they were real division rivals at that point yep and um I remember watching that game and just feeling there's just not energy for this game. The people the their heads are not in, the fans aren't in this. And then you get to the eighth inning and Mike Piazza cracks that home run and chase stadium explodes yep. with just this overwhelming outpouring of emotion. And it was like, that to me felt like the moment where it's like, we're going to be okay. It yep. is. We can laugh again. We can celebrate again. Um, And I'm looking here this past year and I'm going, what's the moment, Mm -hmm. you know, was it Disney reopening? Well, Disney's gone and laid off pretty much, you know, 28,000 people and now they're laying off all their contract entertainers. And like, so I'm like, that's not a moment that doesn't, that's not a good look. Uh, You know, well, there've been a few fairs that have happened, you know, Wyoming State Fair, just talked to Courtney Conkle, Wyoming was hugely successful. Well, but is that that moment that is a people we come together and go, all right, we're moving forward. I don't
1: I don't know where that moment is. Well, I think it's there's a uh, the uh, Pensacola Interstate Fair in Florida uh, in the Panhandle, even though Hurricane Zelda went through there uh, a couple of days ago, it's open, and a lot of fair executives and uh, people from around Florida and different places are converging there to see how they are dealing with uh, reopening. So, I, th- I really feel in my heart, in the positive way, that things are about to start. Florida has got <laughs> to be the barometer for everything because uh, you've got the Florida State Fair, you've got the Super Bowl coming to Tampa. Yeah, I that's mean, huge. Cancel that, huh?
0: That's huge. And how do you, if they have to socially dissonate, do they do it like the World Series where there were only, I don't know, 4,000 fans allowed in the stadium? Can you imagine a, a Super Bowl that, and I don't know what the stadium there holds, what, probably 50,000? Believe, yeah, 50
1: yeah. To How area. do you
0: do it if they say, well, you can have 10% of, you can have 6,000 fans in that?
1: I, I mean, I guess do. you do it. Well, they did it the the World Series just now. And plus, I was in Gatlinburg performing in the Smoky Mountains, Pigeon Forge area with Dollywood. Yep. you never know anything was going on there. I'm telling you, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And the reason I know it's back to normal, because there was a three-hour wait to get into Paula Dean's. <laughs> I couldn't get in there. Yeah, we're waiting for Paula. We got our way. But well, what do you got to go to a restaurant for Paula Dean's?
0: Just throw some butter on something and you're oh, good to go, man, right?
1: Come on, you pinch an inch, Robert. I grab a slab. I've got to keep my, <laughs> my figure going. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, if that's an indicator, of course, in the South and uh, these fairs that are opening in Florida, I just think that e- even if they don't have full capacity, I think people are just so ready to get out there. Uh, and I'm sure fair management has that, uh, uh, they have to deal with what's going to happen and uh, all the things having to to recalibrate how, how many people may be coming into the event. But like you said earlier, the revenue, it, there's no way the revenue can be like it was last winter. But a semblance of normalcy is going to feel real good. I don't yeah. care how uh, close it is to it. It's just going to feel good. But down here in Florida, the weather's good. People are out. I mean, the the, uh, campaigns have been in, in, in Tampa. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, vice former vice president Biden was on the Florida state fairgrounds yesterday. So, so I don't know when you're going to air this, but he was there and, uh, (laughs) and people were out there to see him. Trump was in Tampa. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully by the time this airs,
0: um, Cause it'll probably be later in November. Uh, yeah. But hopefully we have a winner. I'm just at a point now where just get it over with <laughs> rip swear. the bandaid off.
1: Yeah. Man. I'm, everybody's feeling that way. So, you know, ta- with you today.
0: Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed, this has been good for my spirit doing this podcast and kind of uh, seeing my convention and fair buddies and, and catching up with them and, and speaking to that catching up in talking to a lot of these other guests, when we're recording this season, it has become absolutely apparent how critical it is is for all of us as, as entertainers, as vendors, as fair managers, that more of us need to be in touch with each other and checking on one another. Um, there's a, I'm very, you've got family, I've got family. So we've got people around us and a support system around us, but that's probably not the case for everybody. You know, a lot of entertainers are, uh, you know, either they're single or maybe they're they're they've got family, but maybe families on the other side of the country. And so it can feel really isolating. Um, have you been able to keep in touch with some of your other fair friends and, and check on them?
1: Well, yeah, uh, different people, you know, the wonder of Facebook and the social media, that's, that's the beauty of it. You can stay in touch with everyone. And, you know, you can tell when somebody's, you know everybody's been down about not having any work and you just support each other as best you can saying hey man this too shall pass and uh just just be there for people and in the sense that uh you're in it together and we're going to get through this together i sound like a politician don't i oh, oh yes. politician. except except when you- we're gonna get through this together
0: When you say it, I actually believe it. That's right. We are going
1: to get through this together.
0: You know, and aside from, you know, obviously this has been just an awful year from business. How are you and your
1: family holding up down there in Tampa? Wonderful. You know, my kids have helped me through all this. They understand for the first time in their young adult lives that dad's at home now and dad's not doing anything. I mean, they're like, dad, wash that robe you're in. And and now, you how, how old are your kids now
0: today? <laughs> how old are your kids now
1: well 20 i uh, have a daughter 20 they mm-hmm. lee she's in college they're doing all their college and my son matthew uh is 23 uh he's he's doing uh they're both doing virtual college but they're working they're they're able my daughter uh works for starbucks she's able to go in and uh work and and uh, do the virtual school program so that's good for them and they're in great spirits i mean we're in florida man you can get out down here you can go to the beach i mean robert wouldn't you love to transport from where you are in new mexico right now and walk the beach with me i
0: I, I mean i would take (laughs) it but i'd much rather go scuba diving in key largo Okay, so All if right. you want to come hop on a dive boat with me, let's go do that. Okay,
1: that sounds great. But, our but, favorite
0: dive charter down there, Rainbow Reef Dive Center, is has been crushing it since you guys have been able to reopen and they've been
1: getting so, boats out. I mean, and yeah, I haven't scuba dived; uh, it's been about fifteen years. But I loved, I loved, loved doing that. Uh, but yeah, man, just just being with family means everything. And you know, as crazy as this sounds, I've been able to be with my family more than usual because you know we've had cancellations i mean i mean this this month i was supposed to be in south carolina more in gatlinburg uh doing shows so uh you know we've spent some really quality time and we know when not to see each other passing through the house too it's uh but it's beautiful family means everything doesn't it robert I mean, oh yeah, got a wonderful family. and Well, uh, and,
0: and early on, you know, people were, you know, I don't know, a month, six weeks into the, the quarantines and lockdowns and whatnot. I saw people starting to complain um, uh, around the internet, you know, on Twitter and whatnot. Oh, my husband this, my husband that. Oh, my <laughs> wife this, my wife that. And it was an <laughs> odd experience for me, not to be, I don't want to seem like I was being judgmental, but part of me was like did you not marry someone you actually like yeah I love being around around
1: Sarah you know the end of the
0: through this I noticed that on
1: Facebook man a lot of I was like man they're in love or something
0: (laughs) you know from that the from the time we went on quarantine you know a week after we went on quarantine APS was scheduled for spring break anyway so there was another um another week in there and that Sarah was home. And then by the time spring break was done, APS said, okay, we're going to go to some kind of a virtual do your best to make it work through the end of the year. Cause you're getting into April at that point. And, um, you know, you're six more weeks, it's like, just hold the fort and, and get her done. But she was home that whole time and then home over the summer. And I gotta say, it was really nice to just, you know, wake up and, and she's still there. She's not getting up at five o'clock in the morning. And, I really I enjoyed it, but I guess looking at the internet,
1: not everybody enjoyed being that close to their spouse. Well, I mean, what's the old saying? Familiarity breeds contempt. Oh, gosh. How close can I be to this person all day? I, hey, we all need time away from each other. It's not, I oh, mean, yeah. You need to have an independent uh, scenario somewhere in your life, but I mean, gosh. <laughs> To me, I love being around my kids because I'm gone so much. So yep. that's been an added attraction for me.
0: Well, and I discovered for myself that um I, I do enjoy that time when I'm out on the road solo because um, it gives me, I think in a, you know, in a marriage, it's healthy that you got to You cannot become the partnership at all times.
1: That's you still right.
0: have to have some independence and I, I still have uh-huh. to be me. She still has to be her. And the key for us, we found this. Um, it got a little crazy for our household this spring, um, with you know, with everything going on, and so we would have what we call closet sessions. It's not what you think. (laughs) It literally, we would sit down in the floor of our closet and be like, okay, what do you need this week? Well, I want time to read my book is what she would say. I need some time for this. If you could handle dinners, that would be great. It was just our time to powwow and regroup without the dogs, without the kid, without all the chaos around. That communication, I think was really key for us as we've gotten through this because we've been real open about, what kind of time and what kind of what the other person needs.
1: Robert and and Sarah Smith marriage counseling. Oh Jesus. That's your new attraction, man. Yeah. On the side of the conjurer, she'll be over there reading tarot cards (laughs) relationships. She'll be doing it. Dr. Phil
0: style on the side (laughs) of the box. Hey, maybe that's an option. Maybe there's an added value.
1: (laughs) You never know, man.
0: Well, and you know, clearly Getting back to business here. Things are going to change. We've already been in touch with a couple of fairs that have said, we want to bring Conjure back for, you know, summer and fall for 21. We want to, for, from canceled contracts, but they, they're saying, you know, how can you make it COVID compliant? Because they need to know that answer from every vendor.
1: COVID compliant before, man. I mean, people I are in your face. But now they're close. They're they're actually substantially close to me. So that's right. They have to touch that thing in the front with the button.
0: Yeah. So we're with button. the button on the front. So we're talking about you know we'll um um I, I was thinking of having some kind of a map printed that says stand here for fortune. You know, and as soon as they stand there, the box will activate. So they don't have to touch a button at all. Really? Um, we're talking about we're going to put plexiglass in the box, which I hate one because of the heat, but two. Um, one of the things that I, I don't like the division between me and the audience. I I mean, but if that's what we got to do to, to work for the next 18 or 36 months, then we do it. Um, we're going to switch. So instead of then handing physically handing out a card, a fortune card at the end, we're going to, um, go ahead and install an actual card dispenser, just like the actual Zoltar machines have. So, you know, the card, the little thing will light up and I'll just kind of I can activate it manually and I'll just motion and say, and I'll take your fortune card and, you know, and look down towards that area and they'll look down where it shoots out and they'll grab it. That's then perfect. there's no contact. So we can do that. And then we had one fair that said, yeah, but you have a huge group that gathers around you. Um, and we want to make sure they can be socially distanced. Is there a way you can do this? And I won't, I'm not going to say what it was um, on the air because it's really, it could be potentially really clever. But when they first said it, I was like, My first reaction, I kind of cocked my eyebrow and like, are you out of your mind? And my answer was, yes, I can do that. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I got about nine or 10 months to figure it out.
1: That's it, man. (laughs) Uh, Always say yes. Say yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And that's what was it? Was it Richard Branson? I think that it might have been Branson that said when an opportunity comes up and it's a big one and you don't know how to do it, say yes and then figure out how to do it. That's
1: that's that's been my life, man. This, This interview. I, I said, I'd do it. But I'm like, how am I going to get through this with Robert Smith? And he knows he's the conjurer. I'm all okay. knowing. I know when you're lying, Dennis. That's just it. I mean, I'm like, this guy knows what I'm going to say before I say it.
0: So as the, um, as the pandemic drags on, do you find yourself
1: uh, more optimistic or is there some pessimism starting to creep up? No, I'm very optimistic because uh, the Florida scene down here that I've been blessed to be a part of for 40 years, uh, I mean, their promotions are going uh, gung-ho through the uh, social media platforms. Got the Super Bowl coming up down here in Florida, the Florida Strawberry Festival, the Florida State Fair, the South Florida Fair, uh, all the the major fairs, the Clay County Fair, uh, Sarasota County Fair, all of them are putting their promotions out right now. And I'm just, I'm very hopeful that uh, like you're talking about improvising for your attraction. It's, it's just that that's the word improvise and make it happen. And I think we can all do that uh, in a safe manner where everyone's happy. Well, I mean, and you've had to improvise just
0: like we, we were talking earlier dennis lee not going out into the audience is hardly a dennis lee show but if it's what you've got to do for six months or a year then you do
1: it well i've got one of those electrical wire fence you know how they do for the dogs the the disappearing electrical fence i've with got the co- with the collar on so if yeah, you go past it the collar on as i go <laughs> into the audience and there's a certain area that i can't go to it'll shock me and you know i'll forget and the send words, you ba- you'll send, send you back on stage I might forget the words to the song, but it'll keep me away from people. But uh, <laughs> and, and I'm going to put more cologne on. I'm going to make it more intense, uh, so that they can smell me instead of seeing me as much. So
0: they can experience so, you from the back row. Yeah,
1: and you know the cologne I wear when I perform, don't you? You've heard what I wear, right? I, I don't. I've I called. Mean, come I've, and get me. Come. Oh my god. Me. It's a cologne that, that works every time. But Dennis Lee, good man. Right. Wow. it's going to be good. You're a po- positive person. That's why I love being across from you when we're at the major conventions in San Antonio. I mean, you are great with people. You're positive. And if we're positive, if everyone's positive, I think it just permeates the existence of the human race, and it'll just make it better. I mean, you can be pessimistic and think the sky's falling, but I just I just choose to go positive on everything, not covid Not positive COVID for me, but (laughs) I just want to be positive about everything. That's a
0: South Park joke. Cartman going, "Uh, don't call me, I'm COVID positive.
1: They'll edit that out, I'm sure. But (laughs) just being positive about everything, having to do, improvising, you know, management's got, uh, I think uh, it's just starting That that it's just really starting down here in Florida where people are like, we're going to open and whatever that takes yeah and so to be safe is number one priority and after that everything will fall into place has this pandemic taught you anything about yourself that you didn't already know no not really i mean uh, (laughs) let me scratch my nose Um, I, i guess it has robert i guess it's taught me to to pace myself and to rely on the spirituality of my life and my relationship with God and how in the end, he's got everything under control and he is going to make everything good. So what do you think we can do
0: as a collective industry, but also as individuals to make sure we're helping uh, build people in our industry back up and, and give them encouragement and hope to our fair family?
1: Just give everybody an opportunity to, to perform, even if it isn't for the top dollar that everybody's always gotten, whatever. And you know, both parties have to work in in that respect. I mean, fair executives or booking agents in whatever type venue you're working, they understand. Uh, I've had different venues uh, help me financially, maybe not uh, give the full amount of a contract, but understand that hey. We can give this to you from your contract or open another uh, door to performing virtually or something like that. Yeah, I, I just think uh, we help each other. And when we have to compensate to get into something uh, and we're not used to uh, maybe getting less money, we have to think about, you know, we're getting in there and it's a positive thing to, to, to get the engagement or, or, or booking and, just be thankful for what you get. Yeah, I think gratitude's been a real theme of people that I've spoken to.
0: Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of us, um, definitely the guests we've had on the show so far for this season, have realized just how much they took for granted back in 2019 and 2018. Good point. And, Good point. You know, one, one fair manager said to me, "I would take a week of rain right now without with zero hedge. I would take a week of rain." Right. And just to be able to put something on for my community and and make something happen. Cause I mean, we're an outdoor event industry, rain, weather's going to happen, but whether we, you can, for the most part, you can compensate around. I mean, you talk about, you brought Pensacola up earlier, just had a a hurricane come through, but Pensacola has a plan in place for emergency weather. They just have to, they're October. They're right on the tail end of, of hurricane season. That's part of business for them. I wager there were zero fairs in this industry that before March 1st of this year had ever sat down and talked about a pandemic.
1: Oh, shucks. Yeah, man. You know, That's, yeah. But you know, you were asking me what I've learned. For me, being a performer for 40 plus years overall and in the fair industry, 40 years, it has made me understand and reinvigorated my desire to be a performer. Because in July, when I first went back on stage in Tennessee, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, at the Gatlinburg Craftsman's Fair, I felt like it was the first time I'd been on stage uh, ever. And I the energy and the excitement was was just over the top. I mean, I've always got that energy and excitement, but it was just reinforced knowing that, you know what, something so valuable in my life what I love to do was taken away from all of us and for me and I felt guilty of being on stage and knowing fellow performers around the country like you and other friends of mine weren't able to do it I almost didn't want to you know blare it out on uh, Facebook that hey I'm performing everything's great you know I kind of subdued myself a little bit in that area but it just and, and for you and all of us it just reinforces how much we love to perform when we get that opportunity and, and what it what it uh, does for our heart and what we know it does for the hearts of the people who who are who see us perform and yeah. they know it and they feel it
0: so. and probably not not a bad move um, to kind of subdue that you know the yeah. social media presence because yeah. I, I or anybody else necessarily would uh, would uh, you know fault you for it but there are some people that um you know, I was talking with uh, with Kevin and Kristen and with Lady Houdini, and they they ended up yes. getting a, a couple fairs this year. Um, right. and it wasn't that right. they were criticizing them and saying, oh, you're rubbing it in our faces that we're not performing. Okay. It was that people were literally looking at the background of the picture and going, oh, there's a person without a mask. Oh, they they look like they're standing too close yeah. together. And and I guess, they you know, so it's it. Like it's a no win situation. I think it's, I like seeing it, you know, if you, if somebody else, obviously I'm not working right now, but, and, but if somebody else sneaks in a fair and puts out information about that fair, puts a photo out, you know, Courtney Conkle up at the Wyoming state fair, had, had posted a lot about her fair. And while I wasn't booked for that and I wasn't working at that time. Um, I was really happy to see it because it kind of gave me some hope that, man, maybe there is a way to navigate through this maze that is COVID. Maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So it kind of
1: gave me some hope. Right. Hey, you know, another thing that I've been going through is I've been getting a lot of calls from other performers asking me if I could help them. That's another thing you can do. If you've got a contact somewhere, maybe in a, uh, you know, you can't just, go hey man you got to get these guys into this fair in a subtle way you can you can put it out there that you've got a friend who who needs the work and that they're a great performer or whatever you know that's a delicate thing to do sometime but sure. it's always it's it's also raised my level of empathy for people in our industry uh any industry really but particularly ours because of the fair industry and the performers attractions like yours you know it's just it, it's just raise that that level of empathy where, you know, if I can help someone, I certainly want to help someone or uh, give a recommendation to, to an event or a talent buyer that, you know, these guys are good. You can't do it for everybody, but you sure try your best. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you
0: never know, especially with if you have contacts with those fairs that actually managed to have a fair in 2020. So they're looking at a new slate of performers for 21, you know, so almost I don't want to say 100%, but probably 95 to 98% of fairs that um, I've spoken with that canceled this year, they're just going to roll their 20 show into 21. True, so if they that's were a good
1: thing,
0: if they yeah, for sure. So those of us that did have cancellations, hopefully, if things come back to normal, we get that opportunity, right. we, we already have a booked calendar for 21. Right. Um, but especially for those fairs that they manage to get their fare in, and they may be looking at even if they don't change all of their entertainers over. If they change fifty percent of them, you saying or me saying, you know, hey, you know, this guy would be a great if you're not bringing me right. back. This guy would be a great replacement for that spot, and he hasn't been able to work in a year
1: because of COVID. Um, I know he'd appreciate it. That's just good karma, man. Helping yeah. people out, man. That stuff yeah, for comes sure back to you, and it's just the right thing to do. But uh, uh, it's definitely reinforce my love of what I love to do. And I've been doing it a long time, man. I don't need much motivation. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I got two kids in college though, Robert, wait till Nate gets up there. Well,
0: Dennis, I've known you a while. The only motivation you need to have a great day is the sun coming up.
1: That's it, man. You know, know, God has blessed me immensely. He's a, he, uh, with, with what I love, I always dreamed of doing what I'm doing and he's certainly given me that opportunity. But having, Friends like you in the industry who are tremendous performers and attractions in their own right, you know, being able to talk to you like we are today and other times when we meet each other, whether it's performing at a fair or at a convention, that's the icing on the cake, man. Friendships yeah. and uh, those relationships. It, well, it just, and you general.
0: want you want to talk about gratitude. I mean... We're in the middle of a pandemic. We've got Netflix and all the streaming services we can handle. We've got the ability with Facebook and technology and Zoom and FaceTime and all that to keep up with people instantly and see people. Can you imagine what it was like for families in 1918 in that pandemic? I can't imagine.
1: I I can only imagine. Oh, my God. I knew he would sing on the show. I knew he would get there. You know, I was going to (laughs) see harmonies on, uh, you know, something simple like, there goes my everything. Okay, listen to it on the count of three. One, two, three. There goes my... Oh, don't. And no, I'm not singing on this show. Everything. <laughs>
0: no, you can ask my buddy, Cafe Anderson, how I <laughs> sing. It's just oh, not... a
1: great performer, man. You introduced me to him uh, without knowing it, man. He is tremendous. He's fantastic. And he's
0: got a Netflix special coming up, November 6th. It's called Country Ever After. And it's produced by Mark Burnett. And you know who he, I mean, he did Survivor. He's married to Roma yeah. Downey Jr. I mean, this guy, big name in the industry. So. Yeah.
1: Well, you introduced me to that gentleman and yep. uh, I appreciate that, man. He's terrific. He's that's terrific. another uh, thing that we do for each other, man. We open doors to either other performers or, or different uh, uh, genres of entertainment. And that's the beauty of our rela- our relationship, Robert. You're
0: not. (laughs) Oh my God. Dennis, listen, we got just a couple minutes left, and I appreciate you being on the show today. Uh before we go, I do a speed round of questions with everyone that comes on the show. So I've got five or six questions over here. Oh, he's got his hat turned to the side. He is ready to go. All right. Question number one funnel cake or fried Oreos?
1: Fried Oreos.
0: Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. (laughs) If I open your music app on your phone right now, which song would it say has played the
1: most? Uh, 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 Color My World, Chicago. Star Wars or Star Trek?
0: Star Trek, The Beginning. Good man. Uh, If money was no issue, where's the first place you would travel after the pandemic ends?
1: Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Smoky Mountains. You love it up there. You've been there a lot. Yeah, I love it, man. I love performing there, but being in God's beautiful creation in those Smoky Mountains, I love it. Last question.
0: You can go back in time and meet any president of the United States. I asked this in honor of our election this Tuesday. Any president of the United States, you can go back in time and meet him. Which president do you
1: pick? Abraham Lincoln. That's the popular answer so far. I I don't know why, man. It's just that uh, he, uh, during the toughest time of our country, I mean... You think about all the crazy things going on. Who do you need? to Abraham Lincoln's a good guy, man. Yeah. It just seems like he could bring people together. I mean, he brought people together after a civil war. He paid a price. He did.
0: Yeah, yeah. and and it's interesting. You know, a lot of people have, have picked Lincoln. And I think Lincoln, obviously, his decisions helped save the Union. Cost him his life, but it saved the Union. I think right. Lincoln's right. Lincoln's an interesting one to me. I'd love to go meet Madison because, you know, this constitution thing, we we're kind of having some fighting over the language of the constitution. So since he wrote it, I'd like to go back and be like, you know, uh, what does this clause really mean in modern English?
1: Yeah, man. Hindsight 2020. Could, that, could you bring, clue us in on that? Bring him, you know, if we could do that, you know, bring him a time warp, bring him back here and go, are you sure you, what you meant by that? Yeah, I love that, it when they say our forefathers meant I go, wait a second. Our forefathers didn't know we were going to have Facebook. Right. Freaked out, man. Who Yeah.
0: There's know. a lot of things that have changed, but the, the question to me is always on principle. What was the principle of what you were meaning here? And true, I would love to be able to ask him that. Dennis Lee, you're a great man. Uh,
1: folks want to get in touch with you. Where can they find you? Well, I'm in Florida. They can go to Dennis Lee. Uh, in, uh, I'm usually in jail. And they could find, gonna have to, to you're going to have to bring the bail money to get in touch with me. Just go, go on Facebook, Dennis Lee three, Dennis Lee from Memphis, Tennessee. And my Facebook page really tells everything out there. I'm working on a new uh, website and everything, but for right now, go to Dennis Lee on Facebook and just yep. see what's going on because I'm crazy every day on there. God, family and country is the most important thing in the world to me. So I promote that more than anything and just try to bring smiles to people through through the Facebook and uh, whether I'm on stage or on a social media, always just trying to bless people with a smile and uh, making them happy. Well, Dennis, you are indeed one of the brightest balls of energy in this fair industry. I'm glad you could be on the show today. Please give our best to your family. Robert, the best to you, Sarah, and Nate, and God bless you, and God bless America. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. We'll see you next time. All right, brother. You've been
0: listening to The Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.